Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle. Last class session we talked about one, two, three. In this class session we're going to talk about Irma LaDuce. Um, Irma LaDuce is a film that reunites Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine, um, who you may remember from The Apartment. Um, this one though is the story of a Parisian police officer who gets all of his high ideals challenged when he becomes a prostitute's pimp. And falls in love with her. Now, um, Irma LaDuce was um, was actually a very popular film, surprisingly, um, um, especially considering when it came out and um, what it was about and all those kinds of things. It's it, it, it's sort of fascinating to me that um, that this film didn't get challenged in this, uh, uh, at least as far as I can tell, didn't get challenged in the same way that The Apartment did, despite The Apartment's success, um, or maybe perhaps in spite of the 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 apartment success um this film just seemed to work for audiences for whatever reason um i, I can't say i know why but it, it it seems to have um and then somehow managed to get almost forgotten um this is this is one of my favorite billy wilder films i think it, i think it works very well um i rate it almost as highly as i do the apartment and one of the reasons that this film, one of the reasons that this film works, is the casting of it. This is something Billy Wilder talked about, and um, or, or this is a quote from Billy Wilder from his biography, Nobody's Perfect. He says, "Casting makes a big difference. If Marilyn Monroe was Irma, it would have been a totally different picture. Elizabeth Taylor brought Cleopatra and Elizabeth to the part. Too high-powered for Irma, girl of the streets." With Bridget Bardot, there was a problem of her French accent in English. It wouldn't match the way anyone else was speaking. Lemon and everybody else would have to adopt a French accent in English. It wouldn't have worked. So here, here Billy outlines all the reasons that certain um, certain actresses would not have worked for this film. You know, and 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 he brings out a, a very interesting point: is that there has to be a mix. The 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 actors have to be able to work well together and feel like they're in the same movie. As he says here, if he had ca if he had went authentic and cast Bridget Bardot, from uh, who was a French actress, then her French act her French accent, even though she was speaking English, would have been natural. But then, what about everybody else? Everybody else has this, you know, American. You know, nobody else nobody else speaks with a French accent in this film. So that wasn't going to work. Um, you know, uh, you know, he had thought about Elizabeth Taylor, but she she had too much of a a high-powered um, screen persona, you know, and that wouldn't have worked, you know. You have this this woman's a prostitute, you know. She's not she's not a a woman of great power. She's not Cleopatra, you know, who Elizabeth Taylor had brought to the screen so successfully. And then, of course, you know, with Marilyn Monroe, it, while it might have worked, it would have been a different picture, and it wouldn't have taken the film in the direction that Billy wanted it to go in. And that's the thing. That's that. These are the things that you have to think about with casting. You have to think about how these how these characters are going to interact with each other, how the actors are going to come across to the audience. You know, there's just all this kind of, um, you know, does this character fit the role that I want them to play? You know, do they do they make sense in this part? Not not just can they pull it off, but do they make sense in this part? You know, I mean, if, if any of us are ever lucky enough to work with big name actors or actresses, you know, do they bring some kind of expectation that the audience is going to have of them that may not work for this film or may, you know, may be confusing for them? And then, of course, you know, how how are how is this cast going to work together as a whole? 
Now, speaking of that cast, I want to talk about how Billy directs and kind of his process on set. Um, it's, it's outlined in two different uh, ways. Um, this first one comes straight from Conversations with Billy Water. He says, I sit down and I say, all right, this scene. We read it once and I say, okay, let's play the scene. The actors play the scene until they feel comfortable. And I just say, well, how would you, how would it be if you did not walk there? And if you stayed here? And then the other character comes in, this and that. And then we say where the camera's going to be, and then that's it. So what Billy would do, if I'm understanding this correct, which is pretty straightforward, is Billy says, okay, we're doing this scene today. He has everybody read it. And then they, as, as, as our friends in stage would say, they get it up on its feet. You know, they actually stand and they kind of and, and, and he would let the actors kind of feel out the blocking and then he would come in and adjust because he knows where the where he wants to put his camera roughly, but he's going to finalize it there on the set. And 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 we've talked somewhat about how how Billy always wanted to be efficient with his camera setups and, and the time. And then that was it. This is how he describes it, though, in in the documentary miniseries, Billy, How Did You Do It? He says, let's take a scene. Seven pages, all worked out. The actors read the script. Then on the set, we read it again. And slowly, actors, the actors find positions they feel comfortable with that are possible for the camera, too, so that I don't have to edit too much. Then when it feels comfortable and flows smoothly, the cameraman comes in or the director of photography comes in, and I tell him I want this and that, and then, then I go away and he lights it. People come back from makeup and we shoot. At 5.45, even if we still had a big scene to do, we could stop and pick it up easily the next day. We could start shooting straight away as everything was fixed in the writing. So the next morning, we didn't have to start from scratch. I had a head start. Now, this is maybe the genius in this in this idea. And, and look, this is an old idea, and it, it largely comes from, you know, when you're shooting on a stage, all the gear could stay on the stage. It was already lit, you know, all those kinds of things. But this idea that... You work it out there on the day. You know, you work out the, the the finalities of it on the day. And then even if you fall behind that day for whatever reason, the next day, you actually have a head start. Everybody already has their marks. You know, everybody already has, you know, the lights are already in place. You know, everybody knows what we're doing already. You know, because we've worked through it. And that's kind of the genius of this, is this efficiency in directing you know, and everybody has their own process, and I think that's okay. But I think some of us, some of us would do well to find more efficiencies to to, or at least to weed out our own inefficiencies. And by the time Billy Wilder, you know, got to this point in his career, he was very efficient. He knew exactly what he wanted. He knew how to pull it off, and he knew how to keep things moving in a way that they never were behind. There was no pressure to catch up. I mean, I look okay. So I worked on a movie this past fall and we consistently fell behind there were many days where they just said okay we're calling it we're not going to get this everybody go home and I kept thinking oh my gosh at the end of this week we're going to have a massive day ahead of us and we never did you know the director the director of photography and the first AD figured out how to make up for everything we never got and and somehow we never had that big day you know, they, they cut us off when we were supposed, when, when we should have been cut off every single day. Then we never went over, you know, in fact, we were actually scheduled, our, our day rates were basically a flat day rate for 14 hours, but we never went over 12. 
which was and and they didn't have to do that. They could have worked us till fourteen, especially going into the weekend when they knew we were going to have rest and it wasn't going to push back call time the next day. They could have done that, and they never did. Not once did they do that. And that was what was so amazing to me. And that this is what Billy's talking about: finding ways of doing things so that even if you do fall fall behind, you the next day you actually have a head start. You already know what you're doing. You already know what it is you need to accomplish because of how you've worked on it, you know, the rest of the way. And this is where a good director of photography can come in. This is where a good key grip or a good gaffer can come in. You know, anybody who can who can find a way to do something so that once it's done, it's done. You know, obviously makeup is different. Wardrobe is different. But there's there's departments where everybody needs to figure out how to do where where everybody needs to figure out how to be efficient so that when something is asked for it's already there or it's very very close and directors are no different you know if you can figure out how to guide the set how to guide the workflow in a way where when you're stepping on the next day you're not behind at all you're actually ahead that's ideal so that's all we have for this class session of Hitchcock University. Thank you so much for listening. Um, in two weeks, we'll have Kiss Me Stupid. We'll have uh, The Fortune Cookie, and we'll have The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, feel free to reach out to the podcast. You can email us. Our email address is hitchcockuniversity at gmail.com. There's the Hitchcock University Facebook page, and then there's um, on Twitter at Hitchcock underscore U. Um, as in university, all lowercase. Um, but yeah, I, that's all we have for this class session of Hitchcock University. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I've been Taylor Bickle, and we will talk to you again in two weeks.